Hello, horror fan best friends and ghoulish knights, and welcome to the 42nd episode of Murders with Mertens. I am your host, Joe, and this is a podcast about horror, torture porn, body horror, folk horror, sci-fi horror, the horror-adjacent thrillers, the psychologically terrifying, scary films in general. Each episode, I sit down with a guest and discuss one of their favorite scary films so we can gush about everything that makes it just so damned cool. Viewers, thank you for the support. Don't forget to like, share, and leave a comment below. It certainly helps with the engagement. If you haven't already, maybe consider subscribing to the channel if you are so inclined. It's free to do, and you look cool doing it. Audio listeners, the show's also available on podcast services around the world like Apple Podcasts and Spotify, so don't forget to leave a rating when you stop by. Five stars is always appreciated. Super big shout out to Carl Gooding, who gifted me this awesome Michael Myers bobblehead. Thank you, Carl. Do him a solid and check out his YouTube show, How Many to .08, which is exactly the type of YouTube channel that it sounds like. Breathalyzers are involved. I'll leave the link in the show notes. Enough of all that housekeeping, though, because today I have the privilege of welcoming back for her second appearance, the one, the only, Kate Matlin Remmer. Kate, how the hell are you? Doing great. So excited to be here to talk about one of our mutual faves. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. We, um, we, uh, talked about this one, um, before the, uh, um, episode that you were on before. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, perfect timing again is, uh, October is here. And, uh, uh -huh. after all, if it's Halloween, it must be saw, right? Um, For sure. yeah, yeah. Today's film is the 2004 torture porn classic saw directed by James Wan written by Lee Winnell, uh, with the story written by Winnell and Wan Kate, why saw? Um, it's funny because I think back to when I first saw this movie and I think what I loved most about it was that there was some like the, the mind bend nature of it, right? Like who, who did this? Um, how did they do it? Why did they do it? Um, there's a lot of puzzles that you have to kind of figure out when you watch it. Um, and it's a, it's a little cheesy, a little campy, but it was like enough of a, like kind of a mind bender to kind of keep you interested in the movie. Um, and I also think too, you know, um, not necessarily the biggest fan of where torture porn went, but this was sort of like torture porn light, right? Like the, the, yeah. the granddaddy, like before yeah. it kind of got too much, um, and yeah, so you, it's kind of all of those things put together. Yeah, it is. It's uh, very, very much Americanized um, of the, the the grisly violence that uh, had already started in like the French New Extremity with um, uh, films from like the late '90s and early aughts that kind of went into the late uh, 2000s. Uh, you know, mm -hmm. movies like uh, Alexandra has uh, high tension. Uh, which is getting a nice new 4K release next month. And a uh, guy I know, uh, Prince Jackson, uh, got to write one of the essays in it. That's super cool. Um, mm -hmm. But uh, yeah, movies like that and Frontiers and Martyrs uh, throughout the aughts. Uh, the French um, were, were getting pretty grisly uh, with their horror films. And, you know, you had the Americanized stuff like saw that really kicked things off in the States. And, mm -hmm. you know, of course, sequels almost yearly after that. Um, 
but uh yeah then things like hostile that you know mm -hmm. just really were pushing the envelope with that i think this original saw though while th there is some grisly stuff in it and um you know at the time was probably kind of shocking it's pretty mm -hmm. tame in comparison to a lot of those others especially sure. the french <laughs> For sure. Uh, oh, yeah. Uh, Martyrs is uh, kind of a one-and-done film for a lot of folks. Most people don't mm -hmm. go back to that one. Um, but, yeah, yeah, this one's kind of cool. It's um, got a hell of a cast. Uh, it's shocking that for somebody's debut film with such a tiny budget, they got mm -hmm. the people that they did in this thing, I mean, particularly uh, well, you know, Danny Glover uh, and uh, Carrie Ellison. I know. Yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. One question I have, have, I don't know if it's even available online, but I had read that um, Juan and Warnell, that they had actually filmed like a, basically like a one scene pilot from their script sort of demo yeah. it to get funding is that even available somewhere i don't know it. if it's available but yeah the short film where uh Winnell basically plays shawnee smith's character in the reverse bear trap mm -hmm. and uh yeah. they kind of they use that to kind of shop themselves around hollywood and break in um it's got to be out there somewhere or maybe there's a version of it that's on one of the saw discs or something maybe um it could be but uh yeah, that'd be fun to see sometime because I certainly have. Uh -huh. um, yeah, it's and it's how a lot of uh, people break in with horror films too. There's a lot of people that do short films. Like hell, Mike Flanagan did a, a short version of Oculus before he really got going with a lot of his films. Um, yeah, have you seen that? Not the short one, no. But um, you know, of course, uh, Oculus itself is uh, is pretty fun. Uh, speaking of Flanagan, have you started fall of the house of Usher yet? I have not. Oh, you, you gotta get on that. Um, <laughs> it's so much fun. I binged it over the weekend. Yeah. Um, it's, if you liked midnight mass, if you liked haunting of Hill good. house, yep. you will enjoy the hell out of this one. Um, Bruce Greenwood and Carla Gugino, just awesome. Just, yeah. Uh, I'll check it out. Yeah. Um, you know, a little off topic there, but yeah, uh, good stuff. Um, yeah. Saw, you know, plenty of other people in it too, that, you know, would go on in the aughts and the 2010s to do all sorts of other cool stuff like, uh, Michael mm -hmm. Emerson and, uh, yep. um, yeah, yeah. That's, um, God. And, and for what they were able to do with essentially most of the film in one room, Mm -hmm. And, you know, of course the cheesy car chase that, you know, <laughs> clearly was done on a shoestring <laughs> budget because there is no road. Um, when you get into how they filmed that, I mean, it's basically, they just had the cars in a dark room. Then they shook the cars a little bit and blew some smoke around them. You know, very, very Star Trek, uh, disaster on the bridge. Right. Um, mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, yeah. It, they still managed to eke out one hell of a cool movie um yeah let's see here i mean they they we we kind of just start this film off right away with uh sounds of uh water and then uh you know our uh one of our two leads here adam uh waking up in a really gross looking bathtub and 
you know, the thing that I had the worst time catching in multiple viewings of this over the years mm -hmm. is the light that you see yeah. kind of floating through the water. And as his foot catches the drain stopper and pulls it out and the water goes down, this lighted thing slides down the drain with the water. Um, mm -hmm. Yeah, we find out much later, you know, future spoilers here that um, unfortunately, this was the key that would have gotten him out of his shackles. Mm -hmm. It's, I, I, I guess, you know, one tiny little like plot hole that drives me nuts, at least it feels like a plot hole to me is, I mean, if this was intended to set him free, but it was done in such an easy way for it to, you know, get lost right away as soon as he wakes up. Mm -hmm. it, yeah, it just doesn't feel, you know, usually Jigsaw in these movies, again, future spoilers here, um, most of his games, his traps, there is a way out. There, you know, right. if you want it enough, if you, you know, push yourself hard enough, you will survive. Um, mm -hmm. if you're not a fucking idiot too, uh, cause some of these people clearly are, <laughs> um, but yeah, he just kind of bursts awake and, you know, flops yeah. over the edge of the tub and, you know, realizes that he's chained to a pipe and it's almost complete darkness in this room. Um, he kind of hears something and, uh, we hear a voice from elsewhere in the room and, uh, you know, he's kind of having a freak out. Who are you? Did you put me here? You know, blah, blah, blah. Um, but, uh, yeah, the voice, uh, says, wait a minute. And ultimately flips on a light and it is the nastiest, grossest, like slaughterhouse style bathroom. Um, yeah, it's pretty foul. Uh, and I think Adam even says it's a literal shithole. <laughs> yeah, I woke, I went to bed in my shithole apartment and woke up in an actual shithole, he says. Um, yep. Yeah. Um, but yeah, with the lights coming on, it's uh, revealed that the two of them are also not alone because there is a dead body in the middle of the room with a gunshot wound in the head and it's holding a great big revolver and um, a micro cassette recorder in the other hand. And uh, Adam, you know, kind of gets a little grossed out, does some dry heaving here. And uh, yeah, they kind of have their little freak out who the fuck are you moment. And uh, yeah, I, I, I will say for having somebody with, you know, clearly some amount of talent and everything, uh, Carrie Elwes maybe not the strongest performance in this film. You know, at, at times it, it gets better. But, you know, mm -hmm. I, I'm not here to shit on this movie. I'm really not. But there's there's bits and pieces of it that, you know, you're like, really, guys, really? That that was the yeah. take you went with. Um, I don't know. It's um, I it's didn't funny. buy the accents either. Like between Carrie Ellis and Lee. Yeah, yeah. You got to, your uh, your British and your Australian, Australian. accents. Yeah. Yeah. Trying to be. um trying to be uh that american accent and it's just kind of comes mm -hmm. and goes kind of comes yeah. and goes um at some point through their uh you know searching around of their surroundings they they realize that they both have envelopes in their pockets and um well there's micro cassettes inside mm -hmm. and with play me written on them um 
Carrie Ellis's character uh, is uh, Dr. Lawrence Gordon, and uh, his also comes with a bullet. Um, and a key. Oh, that's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. Um, uh, but ultimately, they realize, hey, we need to get this uh, micro cassette recorder. And uh, mm -hmm. well, they can't quite reach. Uh, mm -hmm. Adam, he, he's on the side that's closest to it, and he, he kind of stretches out as far as you'd go, and nothing. Um, uh, I think. Uh, uh, Larry, he uh, suggests using his shirt or something like that. Mm -hmm. And he d ends up doing a combination of the drain plug uh, and his shirt and eventually gets the uh, recorder mm -hmm. over to him, um, plays his tape, and he's just encouraged to um, get out of his shackles and get out of the bathroom, essentially. That's right. really it. Um mm -hmm. Uh, eventually tosses the recorder over to Dr. Gordon there. He plays his, but he's instructed to kill Adam by six o'clock. It's a little after 10 in the morning. Um, well, I, I don't think we really know if it's morning or, or evening uh, at this point, mm -hmm. cause they're in a windowless room, but, um, but, but there is a well, brand new clock on the wall. <laughs> yes, yes. They noticed that right away, you know, compared mm -hmm. with the state of everything else. It's clear, you know, they say somebody wants them to know what time it is. Um, right. And yeah, he's instructed on his tape that he's got to kill Adam by six o'clock. Otherwise, his wife and his daughter are going to die. Um, mm -hmm. Well, that's um, that's a shocker for him. Um yeah. And at this point he's kind of listening back to the tape, freaking out a bit, but he hears a little bit of something at the end and it's just another voice whispering, follow your heart. And he, he takes this clue, you know, pretty in stride for somebody in the situation he's in. He, you know, starts mm -hmm. looking around for a heart anywhere and tells Adam to do the same. And of course they find a heart smeared in shit on the toilet tank <laughs> and um yeah uh adam lifts that lid and it's uh one of the most filthy poopy toilets um <laughs> that you're apt to see in most films you know other than maybe train spotting um but uh yeah he reaches his hand right in there i like the line from uh larry about well anything anything and and uh, adam's like well no solids <laughs> It's, it's gross. Um, and then he's like, well, check the tank. And of uh -huh. course he opens up the tank and there's a bag in there. And he, what's the, <laughs> what's like, yeah. Wish I want to check them. <laughs> <laughs> right. Right. At least he's got something to rinse his hand off with, but, uh, but he didn't. <laughs> yeah, he really doesn't. <laughs> it's, it's, it's really gross. Um, <laughs> Inside said bag, he finds uh, two hacksaws, and uh, yeah, yeah, he just throws the bag uh, into the uh, tub, and mm -hmm. seems to have a little bit of weight to it. But we'll get to that later. Um, so uh, he immediately starts going to town on uh, his own chains and has to be uh, 
asked to throw the other hacksaw to Larry, uh, which he does. Thank God that doesn't get dropped because, you know, to be fair, the, these are kind of fragile tools. They're a little rusty too. So I'm sure, um, you know, they're not meant to survive much, which is very clear because Adam's hacksaw breaks almost immediately. And mm -hmm. uh, Larry realizes, yeah, they're probably not intended to cut through these chains, but through their own ankles to be mm -hmm. able to get out of these bounds, um, which is kind of horrific. Um, let's see. It's a, it, is it at this point where Adam throws a little hissy fit and throws his saw into the mirror? Uh, uh, yes. Yeah, and it, it breaks off like a lower corner of it. It does. But, but and we're not quite revealing what's there yet. Mm -hmm. But um but yeah, it, at this point when uh Larry realizes what's actually going on, he thinks he knows who may have put them there and what's happening, which freaks Adam out. Mm -hmm. And uh Larry reveals that uh Yes, because um, about five, six months ago, he was a suspect in this investigation for this killer. And we get some flashbacks from here um, mm -hmm. where ultimately these uh, cops, um, I think we're introduced to Dina Meyer's uh, character mm -hmm. at this point from um, Starship Troopers and a ton of mm -hmm. other shit. Um, She's uh, there at the scene of a guy who's basically crawled his way through a bunch of razor wire to try to free himself from a cage and mm -hmm. cut himself so badly that he's bled out. I think they even mentioned that uh, he managed to rip into his own stomach because they could find bile everywhere. Um, mm -hmm. And uh, I think there's another flash at one point or another of a guy that's covered in uh, some sort of... Um, flammable like lighter gel. fluid yeah. yeah and uh given a candle to uh read uh combinations off of walls in a dark room to a safe that will ultimately give him the key to get out of his cell um of course that guy burns alive because uh you know he fucks up with like the holding candle. a candle <laughs> yeah yeah and covered in something flammable um yeah yeah uh nice job buddy but uh yeah it's established that this killer uh, not only removes pieces of his victim's skin in the shape of his jigsaw puzzle piece but also doesn't actually kill his victims although technically you could say he does but um mm -hmm. But yeah, he puts them in situations where they either kill themselves or because of their inaction are killed uh, because mm -hmm. of the uh, traps or games, as he refers to them, um, what they end up doing. Um, so yeah, uh, there was a pen light that was found at one of the crime scenes, and it turns out that it, I, I don't know how they you know figure it out, either it's... Um, got his name on it or maybe? fingerprints and he's in a database or something. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but it leads them to uh, Dr. Gordon who is at the hospital doing his rounds. I think he's an oncologist and he's um, got a bunch of uh, interns or students of some sort around him. And they're over the bed of uh, this, this um, interesting character. Um who, if you look very, very closely, apparently on his bedside table, you see plans for the reverse bear trap. 
Um, I did not notice that. Yeah, I really? read about this, but I have not been able to catch it myself. I'm, I'm going to have to go oh, back. I need to and go back. Scene. Yeah. Um, he talks about how this guy's got a brain tumor and, you know, the, the guy's just sleeping there. And um, there's an orderly that pipes up from behind him, and it's Michael Emerson. Um, he talks about how the guy's name is John and he's a really interesting guy. Um, yeah. Sounds nothing like that, but, uh, he kind of brushes, uh, Gordon just sort of brushes him off and says, yes, our intern or our orderlies, uh, develop strong attachments to their patients. Um, you know, as he's just trying to get everybody out of there. And I think it's here where the, uh, the police arrive. Um, you've got, uh, uh, detective, uh, tap and, uh, detective, I think it's sing, um, mm -hmm. portrayed by somebody else from lost. Um, I can't think of the actor's name at the moment, but, uh, yeah, uh, there's all sorts of people from, uh, lost and other okay. shit from this time period. It's fun. Um, and ultimately they take him back to his office and they ultimately get at why they're there and they take him downtown where they question him and his, uh, his alibi eventually clears him. But, uh, but, um, before he leaves, they want him to, for whatever reason, witness a testimony from one of Jigsaw's victims who managed to free herself recently. Um, it's a weird timing thing there. And it's, um, it's weird they would ever have a cleared suspect listen in on testimony of a witness that could be used. Right. Like that doesn't seem like that would happen normally. Yeah. But. Yeah. Other than the fact that his alibi cleared him maybe, <laughs> but it still feels, feels kind of suspect. Right. Um, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but yeah, she starts to recount her experience and we get her flashback within this flashback then, uh, of waking up, with uh, this lovely device, um, it, just like uh, it's described, sort of a reverse bear trap. It's uh, a massive metal uh, jaws, I guess, uh, that are mm -hmm. wired into her own jaws. And when a timer goes off, uh, a spring will um, force them apart in horrific fashion. And mm -hmm. Uh, this is all described to her by a TV that pops on in front of her with a little video of Billy, the, the puppet. Um, we only, we only see Billy's face and, uh, the mouth moves a little bit, but it's clearly Jigsaw's voice, uh, telling her what kind of situation she's found herself in. Um, so yeah, basically tells her once the timer goes off, she'll get about a minute and then she gets to see on the video what will happen if she goes beyond this time. Mm -hmm. uh, the video also tells her that uh, there's a body with her in the room and in the body's stomach is a key to release uh, her from the uh, reverse bear trap. Um, mm -hmm. And... Yeah, the, the video signs off and she's freaking the fuck out. And little does she know it's her standing up that will kick off the timer. Mm -hmm. Uh, because it's there's a, like a pin, right? Yeah, it's like a cotter pin or something like that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Uh, so she gets out of there and she hears it go off and she hears the ticking and her eyes get so crazy wide. It's great. Um, but she, um, yeah, kind of eventually after freaking out a bit, makes her way over to this body and, um, yeah, unfortunately this person is alive. Um, I guess it's one of the producers of the film that plays the body too. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Uh, they must've been really hurting for uh, cast members at this point or something. I mean, it is a very small budget. It's like somewhere between mm-hmm. one and 2 million, something like that. Um, or someone but, always wanted to be an actor. <laughs> yeah, that could be too. That could be. Um, but yeah, she, she cuts into this poor dude's stomach and uh, sorts through his guts and eventually finds her key and frees herself. Um like just in time too. Yeah. Yeah. It's a very James Bond countdown. Right. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, she frees herself and, uh, finishes up, uh, recounting her story to the detectives and, um, yeah. Well, and then awful. after she does Billy, the puppet, like tricycles into the room. <laughs> So the puppet, you can't talk about the puppet without mentioning James Wan's love for Giallo, uh, mm-hmm. you know, Italian horror films specifically out of like the 60s, 70s and the 80s. Uh, there is a film, Deep Red. It's one of Dario Argento's more famous films uh, that has this little like ventriloquist looking dummy thing that in a very famous scene towards the end of the movie comes flying out of this doorway at this uh, character uh, who smashes it to pieces before he himself is killed by the actual killer. And it, it's a fun little nod to that. Um, also seeing, um, just the killer by his, uh, gloves and not really Uh seeing anything else of the killer. They're like black leather gloves. It's a big nod to, you know, this genre and specifically this film, the Uh actual gloves from deep red show up in malignant. If, uh, you haven't seen it. Yeah. It's, uh, the gloves that the killer is using in that movie. Uh Um, but yeah, he clearly has a love for the genre so much so that he ended mm-hmm. up trying to make his own. And, uh, <laughs> some people, I mean, love, Billy's puppet's people, awesome. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and his own, you know, Jalo film sort of, um, malignant people either love it or they hate it, but they really don't seem to have any middle ground with that one. I personally mm-hmm. think it's uh, kind of genius, but, uh, there are people I know that absolutely despise it. Um, I, I say, give him all the money and let him do what he wants again, which is clearly what they did with that film. Uh, so mm-hmm. yeah, the, the, the puppet just kind of wheels in and, um, <laughs> yeah. Well, I think, isn't this one the puppet kind of says like people don't appreciate life right? and now right. you do. So you kind of, you're getting a sense of the like intent of Jigsaw who we don't really know yet. Um, that he's trying to impart wisdom in people that maybe don't appreciate life Um, by literally putting them in these torturous situations where they're having to like make some really disturbing decisions. Yeah. And he's picking specific people because Uh they're, they're, you know, either horrible people themselves or there's something going on with them where he wants to give them this opportunity to, you know, if 
find a better life. You do life in, in a different way. way. Yeah, yeah. Like I yeah. think one of the one of the flashbacks that we see is someone who tried to commit suicide. And then that that was the guy that had to crawl through razor wire and cut himself mm. again to live. I can't remember what the um the yeah, candle the, guy what no, was his back. And he had to walk around in a bunch of broken glass too, in addition to yeah. uh being smeared with uh this flammable gel. Um I can't so, remember his backstory, but I think man Amanda, who's the bear trap uh mm-hmm. survivor, um, she was a drug addict. Yep. Yep, and the detectives ask her then, well, you know, do you appreciate what he did for you? And he's mm-hmm. like, she's like, yeah, yeah, I do, Save actually. Me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, oof. Yeah, that's a hell of a way to uh, be saved. But because uh, mm-hmm. you can see on her face, too, the wounds from this thing being mm-hmm. wired into her jaw. Um, it's it's something. Um Tap, of course, he's kind of a obsessed, uh, Danny Glover's character. He he's, uh, kind of obsessed with the case as your movie detectives are. And, mm-hmm. um, you know, he's, uh, you know, looking at the video, uh, photos from, um, you know, the place where, uh, Amanda was kept and, um, they, uh, finally they see this identifying mark from like a local gang or something like that. Mm-hmm. And they realize where this probably was. And so they, um, they hop in the car and head on down there. And, uh, yeah, they, uh, they find uh jigsaw's workshop pretty easily. Um, and you know, under one tarp is Billy, the puppet, right. Mm-hmm. But under another is another mm-hmm. victim who is hooked up in this trap. Uh, we don't quite get the gist of what this trap is until someone comes home a little early. So they, mm-hmm. they throw the tarp back over the guy and <laughs> ask him to be quiet. <laughs> oh, God. Um, and, you know, they, they hide and uh, someone in a robe enters the room and, uh, you know, they spring their trap on him. But he turns the tables and activates the trap on this guy. It's basically mm-hmm. two drills <clears throat> that are aimed at the sides of the guy's head that slowly <clears throat> work their way in on a timer. And he. Uh, Jigsaw tells him, Hey, you could capture me or you can let this guy die, or you can, um, you know, let me go and save him. Um, and ultimately they kind of opt to try to do both. Um, uh, taps partners sing ends up shooting off the, uh, the drills to save the guy and, uh, Jigsaw hmm. kind of tears off down some, uh, hallways, well, he's like, he's like, oh, yeah, first, neck. yes, yes. Uh, he's got this blade that pops <laughs> out of his wrist, uh, kind of like uh, Assassin's Creed or something like that. Yeah. Um, and yeah, yeah, gets uh, taps neck, uh, right across the throat. Uh, doesn't kill him, but uh, he motions for Singh, you know, that he's okay enough to, you mm-hmm. know, go ahead and, you know, have him go after uh, Jigsaw instead. And, uh, yeah, Singh follows him down some, uh, creepy hallways and unfortunately springs a trap of his own with a bunch of, uh, shotguns aimed downward into a doorway. And, uh, he, you know, just steps through a trip wire, trip wire and, um, has a very bad day. Um, 
which is kind of a horrible shame. I, I liked okay. Sing and uh, okay. Tap together. Um, I thought they were uh, they were a fun pair there. But okay. um, yeah, yeah, he's dead. And yeah, I, I think it's, is it after this that we come back to the present uh-huh. with um it, i think it's the flashback of like the night that gordon the was night captured before, yeah. or the night uh-huh. before or something uh-huh. like that yeah where uh <clears throat> his daughter's having a like a nightmare or something and says that there's a man in her room and she doesn't uh-huh. want her mom um played by uh, monica potter uh nope she wants her dad um, and he's like too busy to immediately respond. And this pisses off mom, uh, cause he's mm-hmm. busy typing away at something on his computer. Um, he, he needs a bigger monitor because he has hunched over this thing with his face jammed into it like crazy. Um, oh. but yeah, he finishes up and goes to deal with his daughter and they're cute and everything. He's a little over the top with her for whatever her age is there. But, um, but yeah, he, you know, checks closet and all that crap and, uh, he puts her to bed and of course he's got to leave and go to the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. yeah, he, he gets, uh, paged and, um, this is of course the perfect moment for, uh, his wife to just go off on him about how, you know, what, what is this? Are you happy? You don't seem happy. Mm-hmm. I'm not happy. And, you know, things are things seem kind of rough and he plays it off as he's perfectly happy. He just has to go to work and blah, blah, blah. Right. And, you know, he leans in for a kiss and she just recoils. Um, but, uh, yeah. Uh, then I think she goes back or rather after he leaves, I think she hears her daughter scream or just goes mm-hmm. to check on her or something. And of course you have this shrouded figure looming over her daughter's bed, um, yeah. And ultimately they are both held captive. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know if we see them tied up at this point or not. Uh-uh. Um, but ultimately, uh, yeah, the, the assailant has them, uh, tied up in, uh, the apartment while they are watching, uh, Adam and Larry on a monitor in, um, the, the bathroom. Um, yeah. Uh, we, we, we eventually go back to Larry and Adam. Um, well, no, even before this, we get, um, a flash of tap, you know, five months on from getting his throat sliced. He's no longer uh police, but he's okay. monitoring, uh, uh, Larry's apartment from an apartment across the street. And he sees, um, uh, Michael Emerson's character Zepp peeking out a window. He's like, "Who are you? What are you doing there?" And right. Um, well, and yeah. and the apartment that Danny Glover, his characters, and it's like literally floor to ceiling news articles about right. He's obsessed and jigsaw. Like clearly, he thinks that Doctor Gordon is jigsaw, and he's just fixated on it, like avenging his partner's death and you know catching jigsaw so he's he's staking out you know trying to to catch dr gordon 
basically. Right. He's never given up that, uh, no. you know, this guy was his uh, prime suspect in all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Um, it, at one point or another here, um, they, they discover in the bathroom that this mirror uh, is a one-way mirror and there's a camera behind it. I think they end up yeah. like throwing something else around the room or something. He, um, I think I'm Adam gets on, mad at Dr. Gordon yeah. and he like, he grabs the piece of glass that broke off earlier. And when he okay. looks at it, he sees that it's that two-sided it's mirror. Yep. You're right. You're right. Yep. You're right. Yep. yep. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, yeah. And then, uh, I think then we get the shot of the person in Gordon's apartment watching mm-hmm. on the monitors and mm-hmm. the girls tied up. Um, so is it, how do they end up finding the box with the, uh, the cigarettes and the lighter and the cell phone? So I think Dr. Uh, Gordon, he, he's talking about his wife and daughter or yeah. And he wants to show Adam a picture. So he chucks his wallet over, uh, to Adam. And instead of that picture is actually a photo of, um, like a Polaroid of the wife and daughter, Mm -hmm. you know, basically tied up and gagged and there's a message on the back which i think is from it's signed with jigsaw's name and the little puzzle Mm. piece and basically says x marks the spot you can see more with your eyes closed or something like that right right and uh there's there's a moment at some point a little bit later after they discover they're being monitored where Adam Mm -hmm. reveals that, yeah, there was this photo in your wallet because he he doesn't tell, he doesn't tell right away. Right. He he says, Adam tells Dr. Gordon, turn off the lights and they see an X Mm -hmm. in like glow in the dark paint. And they turn the lights back on. They're like, why didn't we see that before? Right. And yeah, it and it, probably been it's charged, going in the dark. Yeah, right? yeah. So you need the light to charge it up. Yep. And I think. Well, then Gordon goes in too. and he like finds the box. Okay, so that's where they find that then. Right. Yep. And then uh, it's. And then he realizes that the key from his envelope at the very beginning. That didn't fit any of the locks, right? No. Yep. Yep. Fits yep. the box. The, yep. There we go. Um, and it's around here that uh, they start discussing, um, you know, how they were abducted. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we start with, um, uh, you know, Adam talking about how, yeah, he basically came home from a job and, you know, he was going through his dark room, um, you know, where he develops his photos in his apartment and he could hear somebody um, elsewhere in the apartment. And so he is, you know, they, in flashback, of course, they show him walking through a dark apartment using his camera with the flash. I think the power maybe gets cut off and that's why. It does. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This was such a brilliant horror scene. It was, it, it's terrifying. <laughs> I, I, I forget. Uh, I think it's a Hitchcock film that it's a reference to. Um, you know, of uh, going around and trying to use the flash to mm-hmm. uh, find. And I can't think if it's like a uh, rear window or something like that. Um, 
but it, it is cool. And it's one of those things where, you know, you expect things to happen in threes, right? Where, you know, there's like three flashes and then something happens or something like that, but it doesn't. Yeah, but you know, not, they, not. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, first, uh, actually, he, he, he shoots, he keeps shooting and he finds Billy the puppet sitting in a chair. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of rolls out again, you know, like he does. Um, I think he, I think he like, he offs Billy with a yeah, bat. Yeah. He grabs a baseball bat and he beats the shit out of this puppet. And it's got that laugh that like uh-huh. recorded <laughs> Joker laugh type thing, um, mm-hmm. which kind of breaks down as he pummels this thing. Yeah. You got to appreciate that. Um, you know, they built this puppet for from scratch for this movie too. This mm-hmm. wasn't, you know, like a modified thing. It wasn't, you know, some other IP that, you know, they wanted to bring in. No, no. Mm-hmm. They just made this thing from some paper mache and, you know, whatever else. It's great. Uh, it has mm-hmm. become, you know, super iconic. What was that awful Adam Sandler uh, Jennifer Aniston movie where he's a plastic surgeon and they're going around the party discussing all of his oh, former yeah. works. And look, the lady from Saw, and she's got the super tight lips, but super puffy, rosy cheeks. Looks just like Billy the puppet from Saw. That's true. Yeah. Um, see, iconic. Um <laughs> But yeah, ultimately, uh, with one of the flashes, he's nabbed by somebody in some kind of a robe and this horrific pig mask. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's, um, it's, it's spooky. It's good. It's effective. Mm-hmm. I like it. Um, and ultimately I think around here, Gordon starts to remember that something similar kind of happened to him. Um, we, it seems like it takes a while for for Gordon to ultimately recount him uh, his uh, abduction, um, mm-hmm. because you know we we get a flash of um, of uh, him you know not going to the hospital. Um, mm-hmm. He's going to see this woman who you know like a seedy motel. Yeah, and. Ultimately, you know, it's talked about like, yes, he's cheating on his wife. At least that's the reason why he's in this situation. But it, it's almost like they try to make it out like, no, he really wasn't. And something else mm-hmm. was going on. It's it's not the most clear thing. Um, I thought maybe he was because he's an oncologist. Maybe he was doing like end of life care that was maybe not like sanctioned by the FDA or something like something like that. Yeah. Like he was doing on the slide treatment or something. That could be. Yeah. It could just be that, you know, him screaming at Adam about how he was not having an affair was mm-hmm. just him being upset about the situation, being upset about his wife and daughter being held captive that, mm-hmm. you know, he's still gonna, you know, deflect and deny and, you know, you know, mm-hmm. even though it's like, okay, you got got, um, right. if you were having an affair, just fucking admit it at this point. Right. Um, but I don't know. It's weird. Um, yeah, cause we keep getting like back and forths of him walking through this parking garage and you can see that he realizes his photos being taken. Um, you know, we, 
at one point or another with this uh, box that they open up with the cigarettes and the phone and everything, they realize that they can't make any calls out with the phone. And they just sort of assume that it's been rigged to only receive incoming calls. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know why you would just assume that, but hey, that's ultimately how this movie plays out. Um, But uh, yeah, um, he does get a call at some point here and it's his daughter on the phone crying and you know just absolutely freaked out about how the man from her room has them and ultimately the phone does get passed over and he doesn't know what the fuck is going on while he is uh listening to all this but the phone is passed over to his wife who is clearly just telling him what she is has been told to tell him uh about how not to trust adam uh how adam knows about him has known all about him from the beginning and Mm -hmm. ultimately before he's able to get much more information, the phone just kind of cuts out. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. Um, so I can't remember when I can't remember if it was before when we see Dr. Gordon with the picture being taken in that, in a parking lot after he left the woman in the room he was visiting with, was it then that you see him trying to get out of the parking garage and how he got abducted? Or was it later that we see that? I think it's after Adam admits to taking that his he, photographs. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Um, because they, they argue quite a bit at this point and, mm-hmm. um, you know, ultimately, uh, Adam does admit that he was paid uh, to take his photograph for the past few nights. He was paid by some stranger, 200 bucks a night. And as you're listening to all of this, you're thinking, okay, yeah, he was hired by the killer. He was hired by Jigsaw to do all this. And, you know, Gordon keeps pressing him, you know, like, well, what did the guy look like? And he was like, I don't know. I didn't keep a detailed record of, you know, and ultimately admits, yeah, he was a black man with a big scar across his neck. And mm-hmm. Gordon realizes, oh shit, it's Tap. Right. This, you know, it, this detective, and you know, and they, they get into how, yeah, well, he's not a detective any longer. He's a former detective, but he mm-hmm. was thrown off the the case after he became obsessive after Singh's death, and uh, ultimately, he's been after. Uh, Gordon all this time, never giving up mm-hmm. the idea that, uh, you know, he was the killer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, it's, uh, at around this point that, um, that Adam, uh, gets all these photos out of the bag that had the hacksaws that he threw into the tub. Um, and yeah, they, they, they show all these photos ultimately of Adam. Um, or of uh, uh, Larry Gordon. Dr. Gordon. Yeah. Um, and it's at this point that the Gordon, um, somewhere around here, remembers being abducted by the person in the pig mask in the garage. Mm-hmm. And, but also as they're looking at all these photos, they see a photo of the orderly Zepp from the hospital mm-hmm. and Gordon realizes that he has something to do with all of this. Mm-hmm. Um, 
And yeah, yeah. Um, from here, I, I think he also finally understands that this affair or alleged affair is the reason that he's there at this point. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I don't know why it takes him so long to figure this out after, you know, everybody has something in their past. That's the reason why they're in one of these situations with jigsaw. Um, mm-hmm. but, uh, yeah, he finally understands it's the alleged affair. Um, and yeah, I think Adam finds the photo in the stack of, um, uh, the, uh, the captor, which turns out to be Zep. Um, and yeah, um, they, they try to play this game with, um, like there was something on one of the recordings about, uh, the dead person in the room with them, how their blood was filled with poison. And that's why the person Mm -hmm. killed themselves. And they, they, they try to make it seem like, um, like Gordon is loading the, uh, one of the cigarettes up with, uh, a bunch of the blood to try to poison Adam. And, Those yeah, were in the box that they found yes. behind the app. Yeah, there yeah. were like two cigarettes and a lighter along with the phone. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think they even turn off the lights to kind of whisper to each other about what they're going to mm-hmm. do because they're going to try right. to fake out whoever's watching them. Um, mm-hmm. And they throw the cigarette over and he lights <laughs> up and we get the fakest death scene ever. <laughs> Got Leo Nell just acting his heart out there. Um but then we also discover that uh, the person watching can deliver an electrical charge through the chains mm-hmm. uh, and basically zaps him awake. And it's six o'clock and they realize it's too late and oh, crap. And, you know, back at Gordon's apartment. Um, well, you know, he, he sees that, uh, you know, Adam hasn't been killed and. It's, it's time to go kill the girls. So, um, at this point, uh, Allison Gordon's wife has basically freed herself and is trying to free her daughter and they hear him coming. So they, they pretend to be tied up, you know, like you do. Um, and he comes in to kill them and she attacks him. They, they, they tussle the guns going off. I think, uh, also Zepp has called, uh, Gordon again at this point so that he can hear yeah. him killing his wife and daughter. Yeah. Um, and so you get Gordon freaking out in the bathroom, listening to his daughter crying and screaming, and you can hear the signs of struggle and hear the gun going off. And across the street, you've got Tap, who's monitoring them, seeing the gunshots going off, hearing them from across the street. And he takes off running over to, you know, stop who, whatever's happening or whatever. Um, you know, he figures it's probably jigsaw. So, Hey, here we go. Let's make it happen. Um, and yeah, in the struggle, I mean, I can't remember if, uh, Zep really like gets the upper hand except now like tap bursts in or something like that. It's, I can't remember exactly how it plays out, but yeah, I mean, tap ultimately rescues them and, um, 
and basically chases off after uh, Zepp uh, into the sewers. Um, and at one point or another here in their firefight, he gets shot in the chest. Um, and uh, Zepp gets away to get off to the uh, the bathroom here where the um, our, our leads are being held. Um, mm-hmm. as all this, uh, gunfire is happening, it's close enough to the bathroom, uh, that these sewers are somewhere nearby. Um, mm-hmm. it's geography is, uh, not a strong suit of this film. Um, <laughs> but, um, but, uh, Gordon can hear all this stuff going on and he's freaking out and he ends up, uh, getting shocked. And, um, he, he, the cell phone gets flung out of his hands, um, which tells me that the shocks probably aren't coming from Zep so much, but Mm -hmm. somewhere Somewhere else. else. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. We're going to find out soon enough, aren't we? Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah, uh, he's just having the biggest freak out trying to reach out for the cell phone, which is basically like somewhere between a foot and 18 inches out of his reach. And Mm -hmm. he's like trying with the box to kind of like reach out and grab it, but that's still not close enough. I don't know why he just doesn't take off his shirt and try to use his shirt to kind of, you know, I mean, it worked well enough with uh, the other guy's shirt and the, uh, the the drain stopper with the chain uh, when uh-huh. they, uh, you know, earlier on. But, uh, yeah, yeah, he, he's kind of losing his mind at this point. Uh-huh. Um, so at this point, he, he, he kind of knows what he needs to do, right? Uh-huh. And, uh, he grabs the hacksaw and he ties off his leg and he does what he needs to do and starts sawing away. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I appreciate the hell out of the makeup job on Carrie Ellis <laughs> late throughout the rest of this movie, because wow, is he pale after doing mm-hmm. this? Um, but, uh, yeah, he, he saws on through his ankle there and, uh, uh, goes over and gets the gun and loads it up with the one bullet and he's got to do what he's got to do. He's been instructed uh-huh. to kill Adam and he's going to do it. And he, he can barely aim this thing. You could see he's like struggling to maintain consciousness here at this point. Uh and uh he ends up shooting him and uh adam drops and i think it's at this point that the door opens behind him and uh zepp comes in and uh you know gordon fires his empty gun at him a few times um because he understands who he is at this point Uh and um yeah. Uh, he's like, well, you know, the rules are the rules. Um, you didn't kill him in time. So now I got to kill you. And I, I think he's like just checking on Adam first mm-hmm. and yeah. turns around to confront Gordon. But it's at this point where Adam rises up behind him and 
beats the ever loving shit out of him with the lid from the toilet tank. And uh-huh. you know, those are, those are, uh, pretty heavy and uh decent bludgeon. And, uh, yeah, he, he does the damn job there. Um, mm-hmm. and ultimately, um, you know, they don't have any way of getting, um, Adam out of his chains and Gordon, you know, he's like, I, I gotta go and try to save my wife and daughter here and mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'll get you help. And, you know, tries to promise him that and he crawls his way out of the room. Um, with Adam freaking out about being left behind there. Um, Mm -hmm. but, uh, yeah. So at this point, Adam starts searching Zepp's body, hoping to find a key or something. Um, and, uh, unfortunately he finds another micro cassette recorder and, um, it's like, Oh God, what the fuck? And plays the tape and, it is a nice recording that was left for Zepp about how Zepp had been poisoned and he only had a certain amount of time to do a specific task and only Jigsaw had the antidote for the poison and ultimately he needed to kill a man's wife and child to survive. Mm-hmm. Um, and while he's listening to all of this, just outside his periphery, we see the body in the center of the room start to rise up very, very slowly and remove a makeup effect from his head. And it's revealed it's John, the cancer patient from earlier in the film. And yeah, when Adam realizes what's happening, he he takes Zep gun and Zep's gun and tries to aim it at uh at John, but John gives him a little zap. Again, he was the one who was in control all along with that. Some kind of remote that he had, you know, and just kind of palmed or something. But a uh front row seat, too. Yep, yep, because there was the comment from the detective played by Dina Meyer earlier about mm-hmm. how there was a hole in the wall of that second victim that they were talking about, and how Jigsaw liked that front row seat. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, so he had been there the whole time playing dead, effectively playing dead too. I don't know how you control your breathing that well that nobody can notice, but, um, he did it. Also, he was like laying next to the pool of blood with the poison. Like, I don't think it was actually poisoned really. Um, because otherwise Adam probably would have died with that cigarette. Right. But, um, but yeah, I mean, seriously, he never flinched. He never twitched. He never farted. Nothing. It's (laughs) nope. Either amazing control or he had drugged himself on, you know, with something that would have had, you know, movie logic, of course, a specific time before he was able to, you know, kind of wake back up again. Um, But yeah, all of this is happening and you get the awesome Charlie uh, Klauser score, of course, uh, you know, famous from Nine Inch Nails and doing the, mm-hmm. you know, the music for uh, uh, American Horror Story and plenty of other cool stuff. 
uh, great composer. Um, but the famous saw score just swells and you know, this music and all the sequels, because it always mm -hmm. rises up when the big twist happens, right? Mm -hmm. You get this series of flashbacks of all the little, uh, clues and everything. And, mm -hmm. uh, also Jigsaw's messages to, um, you know, all of his, um, victims or people that he's trying to save who can say, mm -hmm. um, but, um, but as Adam is realizing what's happening, um, yeah, yeah. Um, all of this stuff flashing, uh, past us and, uh, you know, John basically telling him, Hey, the key to your release was in the bathtub this whole time. And mm -hmm. we get the little flash of the thing going down the drain again. I don't think it was very fair for it to be set up in that way, that it would just go mm -hmm. down the drain. That seems kind of antithetical to uh, Jigsaw's MO there, but mm, minor quibble. Um, but yeah, um, if Adam tries to shoot him, he zaps him, like we said. And as uh, John exits the bathroom, he tells him, game over. Uh, as he seals the door and Adam screams and rages into, you know, basically nothing. Um, mm -hmm. And credits. Because that is Saw. It's, mm -hmm. uh, it's it, in comparison to some of the sequels, it is a very simple film. And yet we were losing ourselves as we're recounting things because it's, it's complicated enough and they jump around enough that, and like I, I had mentioned earlier to you before we started, I didn't take the best notes this time around. I was a oh, little no, short on good. time, but uh, yeah. Um, this fucking movie I, man. is awesome. And I also, I love yeah. to, at the end, they, you know, there's so many open, open, like pieces of it, right? Like we don't know what happens to John and Jigsaw. Mm -hmm. We don't know what happened to Carrie Elvis's character, you know, Dr. Gordon. Yep. We don't know what happened to um, Pap. So there's just like, it It leaves open the opportunity yeah. for a sequel or yep. your interpretation. And, and I have not seen all of the sequels, but. I am um, not either. Yeah, two and three are actually really good. Agreed. Um, and, and I love goes off the rails. The Amanda that, but... like the Amanda like what Amanda becomes. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. Kind of a disciple of John and mm -hmm. then you know. Um but uh yeah, it's it's funny how much gets retconned in these movies because mm -hmm. you kind of have to at a certain point to continue introducing new plot points. Um mm -hmm. but yeah, this movie has enough hanging threads that you're able to do that kind of thing. And that, that was very fortunate for them, I'll say. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah. It, I, I know there's, uh, the famous story of, uh, Carrie Ellis, uh, how he, um, had basically contracted for like a percentage of the gross and he wasn't quite paid all that. So there was legal drama and so on. They settled out of court eventually, but because of all this, he didn't come back for the sequels until I want to say saw 3d. Um, I didn't realize that. Yeah. Um, he got a little short shrift. Um, mm -hmm. 
you know, he, he was paid, I mean, originally something like 52,000 and some change. And then he made a little over a million off of the movie itself afterwards, but it still wasn't quite what he was supposed to be getting. Um, so there was a little bit of bad blood with that. Um, yeah, it, there, I, I didn't find a lot of trivia that jumped out at me at like over the top interesting about this film mm -hmm. other than, you know, just the, um, you know, the history of the short film and, you know, mm -hmm. uh, Juan and, uh, Winnell who, uh, were friends from film school who, you know, basically this was going to be their way to break into Hollywood and Juan was going to direct and Winnell was going to act. And if they couldn't get that, they were going to keep shopping because they were mm -hmm. not going to, you know, let this movie get made without them. And thank God for that because Juan has been such a fun director and Winnell turned into a really fun director too. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, he directed that upgrade, which was a really underrated little weird body horror movie. Uh, but also that super fun, um, modern adaptation of the invisible man with Elizabeth Moss. Um, if you I did not know that was them. It, That's awesome. Yeah. It's so good too. It, mm -hmm. um, you know, and he's written quite a bit more and, uh, you know, acted here and there. Um, but yeah, yeah, the two of them have been real powerhouses. I mean, God, look at Juan. Um, yeah, for sure. He, Insidious, yeah, Conjuring, between, right? Yeah, between the whole Conjuring cinematic mm -hmm. universe and uh, yeah, Insidious. And uh, he's done at least one Fast and Furious movie. Um, mm -hmm. And just also Aquaman, uh, you know, and then there's the second one. He's made a hell of a name for himself and mm -hmm. he's just kind of well known for doing one film and kind of kicking off a franchise that makes a shit ton of money. So good for mm -hmm. him. Good for yeah, him. Definitely. Um, and again, more people need to watch, need to watch malignant. Um, I'm just saying it's genius. Um, but yeah, yeah, Saw, at the end of the day, relatively simple film. And I think that's part of its charm. The, uh -huh. the two people trapped in a room together, working out, you know, what exactly, you know, they have to do to survive, why they're there. I mean, ultimately, it has spawned, you know, the, the modern version of laser tag, escape rooms. You know, mm -hmm. I don't think you'd have escape rooms if it weren't for saw it's it, this fucking movie. <laughs> That's a good point. <laughs> yeah. It's, um, it's something, it's something mm -hmm. again, great cast, awesome score. Um, yeah, I, I need to get caught up on these movies so I can see mm -hmm. this most recent installment. I don't yeah, for sure. really understand, uh, you know, what the temperature, uh, was on this one, if people liked it or not, but, uh, yeah, it, at least the first few are a lot of fun. And I have been told if you're willing to go into all of the sequels, suspend some disbelief and just go along for the bonkers ride, 
mm-hmm. even though they're you know kind of bad movies, you're still going to have some fun. I might need to do that eventually here. Um, maybe yeah. I'll yeah, maybe I'll do that like leading up to Halloween. We've got a week yeah. and a half. Yeah, yeah, that'll be something fun. Um, I know I still have at least one specific film that I need to um, partner up on a podcast for with somebody here before Halloween. But otherwise, I'm going to clear the schedule and just watch a bunch of scary movies for fun. Because, you know, it's the time of year to do it, right? For sure. Are you going to watch Reincarnation? I really want to do that. Yeah, we had talked about that with your uh, your previous episode and, you know, talking about the After Dark Horror Fest movies. And that one is so much fun. I need to get into that. Um, I know uh, there's another horror podcast out there called... um, Oh, is it the one I'm thinking of? No, no, it's don't get me wrong. I like murder moose podcast. I think they're fun and, uh, they have a good time, but no, it wasn't them. I was thinking of, it was nightlight, uh, a horror movie podcast, uh, that is doing Ringu, uh, sometime super soon. And it nice. might be fun to rewatch that one, uh, in time mm-hmm. to listen to that one. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, uh, Saw was a good time. I was glad to watch this again, you know, a couple times here in the past week uh, to get ready for this. And, you know, it's always fun to talk with you about movies. It's uh, awesome. I'm glad so we to hang out. do this. Yeah, it's uh, this uh, is probably the first episode of Murders with Mertens where uh, we've had a couple of cocktails throughout the course of talking about the film. So if things got a little sloppy towards the end, uh, that's your explanation. <laughs> But, uh, you know, it, it helps to, uh, lubricate the conversation there as well sometimes for sure. But, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, good to be able to catch up with you. Uh, glad that we were able to talk about this one. Kate, any final thoughts on saw? Watch it. Anyone who hasn't seen it, watch it. It's awesome. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. It's, uh, Definitely one of those movies where I can't believe that it's nearly 20 years old. I know. Wild. Where does the time go? It's. mm. I was not this gray back then. Holy (laughs) crap. Um, (laughs) But it happens to the best of us, I guess. Uh, If you'd like, Kate, where can people find you? Instagram to the stars backwards. There you go. There you go. All right. Well, this has been Murders with Mertens, a horror film podcast. Thank you for letting us tickle your ear holes. Please like, share, and subscribe if you are so inclined. I'll be back soon enough with another episode. But until next time, stay spoopy, everyone.